Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. The first degree. See it on the news. See it on the paper. You see it on Facebook. These things are supposed to happen in movies, not in real life. I was there for a little bit, and I was just like, I felt like such a third wheel. It's like I don't know what the hell to do, you know, but. I didn't know if I should like leave or if I should stay. Like this family was just in like crisis mode and devastated. Welcome to the First Degree, the true crime podcast that you might end up on. My name is Jack Fanick. I'm sitting here with Alexis Linkletter and Billy Jensen. And today is a part one of a part two story. I finally remembered to tell you in advance. I always forget. So if you are the type of person that likes to binge a podcast, then you can wait until next week to listen to this. But it is a very robust story. So we're not going to waste too much time before we get into it. But what day is it today, Billy? Well, today is June 22nd. And it's there's there's two ones. It's National Onion Ring Day. I love an onion ring. God, I love an onion ring. Underrated food, to be honest. Not to me. I value them very much and always have. They don't they don't provide them enough. Highly rated. You know? Yeah. What's our other day? The other day is stupid guy thing day. Oh well, that's every day. Yeah. Yes. For every guy. So Can you guys the do we... the stu- the stupid guy voice? Yeah. Such a stupid guy. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Every guy, this should be a day that's celebrated every day, but I like those two days together, you know, they're good. Yep. All right. Well, that's enough of that because like I said, there's a robust episode ahead. So let's turn down the lights and turn up your anxiety because this could be you. On this show, we talk a lot about how shocking and traumatizing it is for those who find themselves uncomfortably close to a crime. And often they replay all of their interactions with the person over and over, looking for any red flags that they missed or red flags they noticed but explained away, only to be revealed in hindsight. Such is the case for a first degree today, Louisa, who still can't wrap her mind around the years she spent uncomfortably close to a monster. And it's this process of reconciling her experience that brought her here to share her story today. 
The crime at the center of today's case occurred on July 17th, 2011, but we're starting our story years before, in the mid-2000s, which glory days, you know? Songs like Hey Ya by Outkast, which I'm pretty sure is one of Alexis's favorite songs. Top or five. Is that wrong? In my top, top five. five. Absolutely. That's what I thought. Yep. Get the Party Started by Pink, also a banger, and Mr. Brightside by The Killers were all on the radio. Man, what Good a time. Good time for music. Mm-hmm. Good time for music. I know. And when it came to movies, also incredible. Everybody was quoting Mean Girls and Napoleon Dynamite. And then we were all sobbing over The Notebook and Love Actually. Man, I would give anything to go back to mm. that time. Honestly, I do so much different. (laughs) The setting for today's case is Shalon County, Washington. The whole county has around 80,000 residents spread out between small towns like Kashmir and Leavenworth. The area is known for its incredible landscape. In Shalon County alone, there are five mountain ranges, five rivers, four national protected areas, two lakes, and much more. And like I said, our first degree today is named Louisa, and she grew up in Leavenworth, one of those small towns modeled after a Bavarian village in the mountains. Leavenworth has a population of around 2,000 people. However, it's a very touristy area, partly because of the Bavarian nature of it all. Picture like a Solvang in the mountains. Mm. And also, this place is known for their extravagant festivals. People from all over the world come here. We have festivals like constantly, like Oktoberfest is huge. People just like come in droves, like thousands of people come here. And then Christmas lighting is the biggest festival ever. And the population for like the weekend of Christmas lighting will be like 40,000 people in a town of 2000. It's insane. You'll hear it called like Christmas town USA and like, if you look at a calendar for the month of December, like a picture of Leavenworth is used so often. Louisa and her family attended a small church of around 100 people. And this wasn't your average Washington church. I was raised just really conservative, Christian, homeschool, like very little house on the prairie-esque. Like, <laughs> think like denim jumpers and minivans. In or around the year 2005, 13-year-old Louisa was super excited to find out that a new family was joining the church. It was the Agigis, Ed, an Army combat engineer, Annette, a stay-at-home mom, and their two children, 15-year-old Isaac and 13-year-old Amy. Ed and Annette had two other children, but they were already grown and living their adult lives. Their dad was in the military, so they had moved around a lot, you know, Army base to Army base kind of thing, and... They had just come down from Alaska. So Adigigi was originally from Guam, an island and incorporated territory of the United States located east of the Philippines. Louisa immediately noticed Ed and his two children didn't look like everyone Louisa had seen growing up. She was drawn to them. They had this like really different like bone structure and skin like Leavenworth is this tiny town of white people. (laughs) There's not a lot of variety. And so there was this family and and I was just like very interested. I was like, tell me where you're from. Like, what's your story? Like Louisa's family, the Agigis homeschooled their children. Louisa told us that while her family chose homeschooling mainly for religious reasons, her parents disagreed with many subjects taught in public school. She believes the Agigi family chose it for different reasons. I think for Amy and Isaac's family, the Agigis, they they moved a lot. And so there was there wouldn't have been a consistent school for them to be in. And so I think 
part of that was also just convenience of no matter where you are, when you have to move, you're just being homeschooled. And so there's that flexibility. Louisa and her older brother, Jeb, were jazzed to learn that the Agigis were homeschooling family also. They were just like them. It was really hard in this area to like make friends. We were really sheltered and it's hard to find other kids that can hang out with you because like everybody else is going to school. So to find another family that with like kids your age who could do the same things you could do. And it's like, it didn't matter if it was a Wednesday at, you know, 1 p.m. You could like go do something because you were homeschool kids. And so I just remember being really excited to finally have some friends and they were really nice family. Really, really nice. Plus, Luisa's family and the Igigi family had similar conservative rules, including one of the most important rules of all. Absolutely no dating. So with their synced up schedules and similar upbringings, Luisa and her brother Jeb grew very close to the Igigi siblings. Luisa and Amy were around the same age of 13, so they paired up. The same went for Jeb and Isaac, who were around 15. The group of four did everything together, and it stayed that way for years and years. And not long after the Agigi family moved to Washington, Ed retired from the Army and started working construction. Then Ed and Annette learned that two of Ed's nephews were in foster care, so they adopted those boys too. And then they adopted another boy who was of no relation. So now the Agigi house was filled with two adults, two teens, and three young kids. Ed and Annette didn't have a lot of money, so they worked hard to make ends meet. But that meant that they weren't home very often. The Agigi household needed to be self-sustaining, so household duties were split up. Cooking, cleaning, yard work, etc. There was also childcare, which was mostly assigned to Amy. Even though Amy was their youngest and a, you know, a young teenager, they had these three little boys and their mom really relied on Amy a lot to help take care of those boys. And she was really a surrogate mom. And the kids had a lot of responsibility in that family. In addition to all that responsibility, Ed and Annette put a lot of pressure on their children to be high achievers. They expected the teens to get straight A's, be involved in extracurriculars and more. I think in some ways it was too much. And in other ways, it was kind of just their conservative values and honestly really similar to the way I was raised. So I think the thing is like, I, I was really close with Amy. So I knew a lot more, you know, about what was going on with her. And I saw the pressure and responsibility her mom was putting on her when it came to the little boys. And I thought that was unfair. It took away from her being able to just be a kid. And I didn't, I know that that was, really hard on her and she really resented like not being able to just be kind of carefree and you know she was like I have to be a mom and I'm you know 15. (laughs) With all of that being said Louisa made it very clear to us that Ed and Annette were just doing the best that they could. They were really caring sweet and lovely people. As Louisa, Jeb, Amy and Isaac all grew older the typical teenage curiosities took hold. None of them were technically allowed to date, but that didn't stop them. Amy and Jeb linked up, and so did Isaac and Louisa. We weren't technically dating, you know? We were like kids, and we were kind of being secretive behind our parents' boxes. We weren't allowed to date. Louisa and Isaac's relationship had always been effortless, ever since they'd met as kids. I just thought he was really cool. I thought 
he was really smart and he was handsome. Like I was a young teenage girl. And so I was just like, ooh, boy. He was super sweet. Definitely like holding hands and just like kind of snuggly, but nothing. I don't think we ever kissed. I don't think we ever kissed. You know, it was just really innocent. Like dating, our first experience of like dating with the upbringing we had was like, you know, very, very PG. Even after they started secretly dating, the four teenagers continued hanging out together. They always had a great time. The four of us would go walk around Kashmir where they were their town and play stupid games and like anything to just like be next to each other and be silly and, you know, just be kids. We would go downtown after church. We'd like walk downtown Leavenworth and just goof around in shops. I think I have a picture of him like in in the hat shop. Uh, like they sold all these weird, silly hats. And like all of us had just like gone in there and were trying on hats. I have a picture of him with the top hat or something. While the four teens were starting to rebel against their parents' rules, they didn't skimp on schoolwork. Amy and Louisa attended Running Start, which is a program that lets high school students take college classes. Basically, students can graduate with a high school diploma and an associate's degree at the same time. Isaac was very driven and could do anything he put his mind to. He joined a high school swim team and won at the YMCA. Isaac also became interested in politics. And in the summer of 2008, he worked as a page at the Republican National Convention in St. Paul, Minnesota. It was the Barack Obama, John McCain election. Isaac had strong feelings against Obama. He didn't like his socialist policies, that's in quotes, and felt like his campaign was playing the race card, also in quotes. Isaac later told The New Yorker, quote, this country is so focused on black versus white that they forget how many other races there are out there. While Isaac was away at the convention, he still took the time to contact his secret girlfriend, Louisa. He was being all like sweet to me. and He had like nicknames for me and stuff. And then I don't even remember like how or why things kind of just he like all of a sudden got really interested in this other girl and that's when he really like felt like he started making some really poor decisions okay so it comes as no surprise that i have absolutely no idea how to cook i don't want to learn how to cook it's not really my thing but when i tried factor meals it was a freaking game changer so factors fresh never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes yeah two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So the first time I tried factory meals, I was actually blown away because I'm like, that's it. That That's all it is. Two minutes and the meals are so delicious. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, ooh, fancy, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Like I said, they're so easy to prepare. I love them. So head to factormeals.com slash degree50 and use code degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code degree50 at factorymeals.com slash degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. It's almost summer and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on the realreal.com. 
The Real Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Louisa had been friends with Isaac since the mid-2000s. They'd secretly dated for a while, although everything was super PG. In the summer of 2008, when he was working at the RNC, he still took the time to contact Louisa. He was really sweet to her, and she was happy. But then, out of nowhere, he started dating another girl. And this hurt Louisa, and naturally made her jealous. There was, like, nothing I could do about it. I was just like, okay, whatever. And like, at that age, you have crushes on like anybody who's around. (laughs) And it's at this point that Isaac's mom found out that he was dating. And remember, he wasn't supposed to be. So she gave him an ultimatum. She told her son that if he couldn't follow her rules, then he had to leave. And I don't know what she was going for, but her plan backfired because that's exactly what Isaac decided to do. He packed up his stuff and he moved out and he started staying with a friend of his named Matt. And at this time, Isaac was a senior in high school the time where kids are figuring out what they're going to do following graduation. And Isaac was drawn to the military service. He later told The New Yorker that he had long felt like he was born to be a soldier. So it only made sense that he'd apply at West Point, a U.S. military academy. And for anybody that doesn't know, West Point offers a four-year program for young men and women to learn everything that it takes to be a leader and officer in the military. Yeah, and the application process is very vigorous. You don't have to be enlisted to attend West Point. Both civilians and soldiers can apply. There are physical and educational requirements in addition to a few very specific ones, like not being married and being between the ages of 17 and 23. The program starts with six weeks of cadet basic training, which helps new recruits transition into military life. For the next three years, they take varying levels of classes, training courses in specialized fields, etc., After graduation, cadets are commissioned as second lieutenants, meaning they're put in charge of a platoon. Right. So 17-year-old Isaac applied to West Point, and no one knew whether he'd get in. But to everybody's surprise and delight, he was ultimately accepted. And it was bittersweet for Louisa, and she recalls seeing Isaac before he left to go to school at West Point in the summer of 2009. Although he was on the opposite coast, Louisa kept in touch with Isaac. He kept her updated with his life at the academy, how training and classes were going, friends that he had made, all of that jazz. 
And Isaac confided in Louisa that he had been struggling with his math class, so he hired a tutor. Her name was Deirdre Wetzker. And as the two spent more and more time together, a romantic connection formed, and the two fell in love. Deirdre was born in St. Louis, Missouri on July 5th, 1987, to parents Alma and Christine. Like Isaac, Deirdre had six siblings, four sisters, two brothers. And also similar to Isaac, Deirdre grew up in a very religious household. She was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She was also homeschooled as a teenager. After finishing high school, Deirdre enlisted in the Army. She was proficient in French from years of practice. So after basic training, she was sent to the Defense Language Institute. And there, Deirdre spent a year and a half learning Arabic. With encouragement from her superiors, Deirdre applied to West Point, and that's where she met Isaac. As we've already shared, Deirdre started out as Isaac's tutor, but things quickly turned romantic between them. Isaac and Deirdre fell in love, and they thought they were perfect for each other. And young love is great, right? Sure, it definitely is. But remember, West Point had rules. It was not the same as other universities or schools for that matter. And remember that one pesky rule about attendees not being allowed to be married while they're there. Well, it turns out there's a reason for that. The Academy wants all cadets to focus solely on the program and remain dedicated to that. Romantic interests are distractions, and distractions don't make for great soldiers or great officers. A relationship between cadets was not against the rules per se, but remember, they were all housed separately by gender and were expected to stay single and sleep single as well. Turns out that the rules were too hard for Deirdre and Isaac to follow. Deirdre started sleeping in Isaac's bed, which was a huge no-no. Isaac's roommate told his superiors, and Isaac was kicked out of the academy. When Louisa heard about this, she couldn't believe it. His decision to date Deirdre in spite of West Point's rules seemed so impulsive and short-sighted, especially because last time she spoke with Isaac, honing his military career was a top priority, and now he'd just been kicked out of West Point. I remember just being really surprised because he had worked so hard to get there. And then he just dumped it. It didn't make any sense. Isaac had so much potential. He could have been like, you know, if he had just stayed on the straight and narrow and worked his ass off, he could have been like a really high, you know, ranking kind of figure. And I think he would have really thrived when he, if he had stuck to that path. But Instead, he met this girl. So even after Isaac was kicked out of West Point, he wasn't through with the military. He decided to enlist in the army. So he'd lost his chance of becoming a commissioned officer, but he thought he was born to be a soldier. So rank be damned, he was going to do it. And Deirdre didn't want to be at West Point without Isaac. So she dropped out, which, you know, it breaks my heart to hear because clearly she was learning Arabic. She spoke French. She was had a lot of promise. And uh, it's such a bummer that she dropped out to follow him. So she did the same. And she went back to the enlisted side of the army as well. So she could stay with Isaac. So at this point, they're both free from West Point's no marriage rule. So the two of them, Isaac and Deirdre decided to jump in with both feet and they got married. You know, it, it breaks your heart to hear sort of like they worked so hard to get into West Point. It's like the most prestigious military school in the United States. And they just kind yeah. of toss it. And it's just like, it's not a great start to your, to your relationship either. You know, you both drag each other down. Yeah. And they both sacrificed so much just to be in that relationship to begin with that 
first something that, you know, you hear West Point, it's like the most prestigious thing in the entire world. So it's pretty crazy. It's so, it's incredibly hard to get into West Point. So meanwhile, back in Washington State, Louisa graduated high school and moved out on her own. She stayed in contact with Isaac and was still really close to his sister, Amy. Then one day in June 2011, Isaac called Louisa to share some great news with her. Deirdre had found out that she was around five months pregnant. When they got off the phone, Louisa was happy for her longtime friend. She could hear the elation in Isaac's voice. He and Deirdre were beyond excited to become parents. Right. And uh, everyone thought the two of them were going to go on to be great parents, have a great marriage, and, and just move forward. But that's not what happened. Because tragedy struck on July 17th. Louisa went to visit Isaac's sister, Amy, at the store she worked at in downtown Leavenworth. So they remained friends, even though Isaac was on the other side of the country in the military. And so Amy and Louisa are hanging out at the store when Amy receives a phone call that would really change everything and certainly the course of this story. Amy answered the call while Louisa was at the store and standing there. So she witnessed this entire thing. Her phone rang and it was her mom. And so Amy took it and like walks to the back like storeroom. And I kind of like meandered that direction. And I could see like her face just dropped and she just like, she just fell apart. She started crying. She was just like immediately hysterical. And I was like, you know, oh my God, what's going on? What happened? And, you know, she was saying like, she was kind of repeating things her mom had said. And so like, I started to understand that Deirdre was dead. Deirdre was around six months pregnant at this point. She'd only found out about the baby a month prior. She was a healthy 24-year-old, and now she was dead. It was the most shocking thing Louisa had ever heard. So how, why, what the hell happened? To answer those questions, you know the drill. We've got to go back. After dropping out of West Point on the East Coast, Isaac Agigi married Deirdre. Isaac enlisted in the Army, joining his already enlisted wife in serving the country. Because Isaac hadn't attended basic training yet, he was sent away to do that, meaning the newlyweds were split up. When he finished basic training, Isaac was sent to a fort in Arizona for advanced instruction in military intelligence. And according to the Army website, an intelligence analyst analyzes, assesses, processes, and distributes tactical intelligence, as well as creates, documents, organizes, and cross-references intelligence records and files. In Iraq, Deirdre was stationed at Camp Ramadi. She was at the rank of specialist, which is one above private first class, and she was working as a linguist. We couldn't find anything detailing exactly what Deirdre did while in Iraq, So our writer reached out to a friend who's been deployed to Iraq six times. And she told us that as a linguist, Deirdre could have been doing anything from going on convoys to working in an office. As a member of the convoy, she could have been used to complete duties like clearing a building if they ran into civilians. These are just possibilities to give you an idea of what Deirdre may have been doing. Meanwhile, back in the U.S., Isaac finished up his military intelligence training in Arizona. 
And since Deirdre was still in Iraq, he was transferred to Fort Stewart, Georgia, where he was an intelligence analyst in the 4th Infantry Brigade Combat Team of the Army's 3rd Infantry Division. Stewart is the largest military installation east of the Mississippi. It encompasses more than 280,000 acres. And according to Military.com, Fort Stewart hosts the Army's world-class training. So in order to understand everything that comes next, we need to tell you a little bit about the culture on Fort Stewart Base. So according to The New Yorker, it's a base for some of the most deployed units in the Iraq War. And there's a mixture of brand new privates and soldiers who are returning back from deployment. So it's like a revolving door of people leaving for and coming back from war. So Alyssa, who was a soldier friend of Deirdre's, told The New Yorker that you could ask any soldier on base how they feel about the possibility of being deployed. And their mindset will always be, we're ready for the call of duty. Isaac often told Louisa about what he was up to on base, but she had a difficult time believing him. She knew he had a habit of exaggerating. She thought he liked to come off as a hero. I knew he was exaggerating some stuff he, about like training he was doing and like the intensity of stuff. And he's like, yeah, like don't make us stay up for three days and I have to do this top secret stuff and I do this and that. And I'm just like, I think you're full of shit. Because they were always ready to be deployed, the soldiers sort of lived like every moment was their last. Alyssa said there'd be these huge parties off post at one of the local hotels where we would drink, party, and get away from the army lifestyle. And Isaac, who had been very sheltered growing up, really took advantage of this new freedom. He partied a lot, so much so that Alyssa told The New Yorker, at times with Isaac, it would be like, dude, slow down. While Isaac was parting it up on Fort Stewart, Deirdre was still deployed in Iraq. And at this point, their relationship started to become strained, which is understandable. Distance within relationships is difficult. We know that. But it was more than that. Isaac became convinced that she was cheating on him while overseas, and he even had people spying on her and tell him everything she was doing. Deirdre told her dad that she felt like she couldn't spend any time with anyone while in Iraq because Isaac would always find out about it. He had a network of people watching her. But here's the thing. Isaac was the one who was cheating. He took advantage of his girlfriend being out of the country and acted like a bachelor while he was on base. And he slept with a lot of other women all the time. He even started consistently dating one person, a 17-year-old high school student named Samantha. Wasn't a good look. And the longer Deirdre was in Iraq, the more out of control Isaac's partying became. Isaac told Louisa, because remember, he's still talking to her frequently. He told Louisa about his drug use, and she believed him. But anything else he told her, again, she, she was skeptical of. And it wasn't long before Isaac started getting hit with drug and alcohol violations, which is also not a great look, especially considered he'd already gotten kicked out of West Point and had that on his record. But Isaac was bright and had a way with people, so these violations often didn't affect him in the way they might have someone else with less perceived potential. Isaac's friend Michael told The New Yorker, He never seemed to be in a bad mood. He would listen to people and talk to them. He's one of those types who get along with everybody. Isaac's superiors were probably thinking these are all great personality traits to have as a leader. So let's give Isaac a little slack. He's young. He's lived a sheltered life. It's okay if he parties a bit and makes some mistakes. So Isaac was given the opportunity to work within military intelligence over and over, even though he had these violations. But he was allowed to because apparently he passed a rigorous background check.
Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. I was shocked, you know. They were always such a good team. So successful. But to do something like that? To exceed their budget? While being over budget might not be a crime, it can disrupt workflows. With Monday.com, you and the team can be sure that you're all in sync. All the data, latest updates, files, and budgets are visible to everyone, so you won't miss a thing. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. While his wife Deirdre was deployed in Iraq, Isaac Agigi was stationed at Fort Stewart in Georgia. He was finally free from his conservative, strict upbringing and was partying it up, acting like a total bachelor. During this whole time, Isaac was still texting Louisa, except he wasn't just keeping her updated about his life. He was also making her super uncomfortable with some of the things that he was saying. And he would call me and just be like, do you ever wonder what would have happened like if we had been together and if I had not left and like go off down that track. And I remember being extremely uncomfortable because I had a boyfriend, he was married and I'm like, there are no what ifs. Like it's too late for that. You made your choices. You left, like you're married. You, you can't talk to me like that. It's inappropriate. So Louisa never met Deirdre, but she still felt the need to be respectful towards her and towards her marriage to Isaac. Plus Louisa was also dating someone at this point. Isaac and Deirdre ultimately stayed together. Then in December of 2010, Deirdre was put on medical leave after a mortar attack struck an area near where she and her unit were staying. Mortar attacks are far too common in Iraq. Our writer's friend told us that some locations see an attack most days. And sadly, Deirdre was present for one of those attacks. One struck near her camp, leaving many soldiers, including Deirdre, injured. She developed an embolism, which is a blocked artery caused by a foreign body, such as a blood clot or an air bubble. And we couldn't find anything about where the embolism was located, how severe it was, or if Deirdre suffered any permanent damage. All we know is that as a result of her injury, she left Iraq and was sent to Fort Stewart, where she could live on base with Isaac. So as we know, Isaac and Deirdre had had a sort of whirlwind romance. And they never really had the opportunity to enjoy marriage since Deirdre had been deployed. They had struggled with staying together long distance, but their relationship wasn't much better in person. They just struggled to find their groove in this new apartment. Louisa wasn't surprised to hear that the newlyweds were having issues. His marriage was never good. It was never solid. I think he didn't trust her because of the stuff he was doing he was he was projecting his actions onto her and by all accounts like she was you know very loyal and upstanding and you know a a good person and he went down this like I don't know where he you know where the point was that he just took a nosedive but he went down hard you know into like 
drugs and cheating. And I, it's like once he had that freedom of being on his own, he just spiraled downhill with that freedom. No one to answer to. He didn't want authority, I think, in his life. And which isn't great when you're in the military. So things weren't great between Deirdre and Isaac, but both of them were willing to try to make it work. At this point, Isaac started pressuring Deirdre into trying sexual bondage with him. And he'd asked her about this before, but Deirdre had always said no, she just wasn't interested. But one day, probably in the hopes that this would help bond them or repair their relationship, one day she was convinced by Isaac. She changed her mind and said she'd be willing to try it out. So when she agreed to this, instead of getting excited, Isaac got angry and again accused her of cheating on him. She must have tried bondage with someone else, and that's why she was now willing to do it. And again, that's not what was going on. Obviously, we know Isaac was cheating, and this is projection, and it's what a lot of people who are cheating do. But the reality is, in agreeing to do this, Deirdre was just trying to be you know, a flexible person and engage in some of his fantasies in a side of good faith to help make the relationship work. Isaac's reaction to the bondage situation was sort of the last straw for Deirdre. She was tired of Isaac's jealousy and lack of trust. She also hated that he did drugs. She was anxious about what that would do to his military career. So Deirdre kicked Isaac out. And in the spring of 2011, she even requested a protective order. According to The New Yorker, she also filed a report alleging that Agigi was making her have sex with people and in ways she didn't want. While all this was going on between Isaac and Deirdre, Isaac continued texting Louisa, oftentimes making her uncomfortable with his what-if-you-and-I questions. But Louisa wanted to be a good friend, so she ignored these feelings and listened to Isaac whenever he needed to just vent. I did listen to him a lot because I was like, this was my friend. Like I knew him, I used to know him so well and he seemed to be struggling so much. And so I would just listen to him and he was, he had a lot of problems going on. And like, he was deeply unhappy. So things were still really bad between Isaac and Deirdre in June of 2011 when they found out that Deirdre was five months pregnant. So I'm sure it was some added pressure that didn't help matters. When he found out that she was pregnant, he called me and he was all of a sudden, like the tone had shifted and he was like so excited and they were working on things and they were trying to save their marriage. They were going to have a baby, et cetera. I was like, okay, great. Like maybe he'll stop bugging me. Over the next month, Deirdre and Isaac worked together on their relationship and they found out that they were having a baby boy. They decided to name the baby Calvin James, and Deirdre adopted an orange cat, which she named Hobbs. Together, her son and cat would be Calvin and Hobbs, just like the comic strip, which is so freaking cute. Deirdre also started setting up the nursery. She purchased a crib and a high chair. On the 4th of July, Isaac and Deirdre went to see the Zac Brown Band in concert. And things were going well. Deirdre even told Isaac's close friend, Matt, that she and Isaac were going to officially get back together. Matt later told The New Yorker she sounded happy. Twelve days later, on July 17th, Louisa was at that downtown shop with Isaac's sister when Amy got that call that 24-year-old Deirdre had been found dead in their on-base apartment. So after receiving this news, Amy was in no shape to drive. So Louisa offered her a ride home to the Agigi house. So I drove her to her parents' house. And Ed and Annette were like in this little room off the kitchen, sitting at a computer, like 
looking for plane tickets to Georgia because, yeah, all this happened in Georgia. They were really far away. And I was there for a little bit and I was just like, I felt like such a third wheel. It's like, I don't know what the hell to do, you know, but I don't want to, I didn't know if I should like leave or if I should stay. Like this family was just in like crisis mode and devastated. Over the next few days, funeral plans for Deirdre and Calvin were made. Isaac wanted Amy to sing a song at the funeral. Amy's an incredible singer. She has a great voice. And he wanted her to sing If I Die Young by the band Perry. And Amy was unsure if she'd be able to do it, but she did. So they their family went down to Georgia. They had the funeral. And Amy sang at it, which you if you don't know that song, you have to listen to it. It is, you know what happened. Like, it's oh, I, super I fucked it. up. With lyrics like, who would have thought forever could be severed by the sharp knife of a short life? It's hard to believe Amy was able to sing the song at her sister-in-law's funeral. Isaac, on the other hand, was distant and avoided Deirdre's parents. His friend Matt told The New Yorker, you could tell he was devastated. He didn't want to be around people. I think he was trying to cope with it in his head and get through it. So this brings us to the pressing question of what happened to Deirdre. What would cause a healthy 24-year-old to die suddenly? So at the time, Isaac told everyone that on the day of Deirdre's death, he was taking a nap in the bedroom when he woke up to the sound of the phone ringing. So he walked into the living room, and that's where he found Deirdre. She was lying on the couch with a TV on, and she was completely unresponsive. With that, Isaac called 911. Medical personnel tried for over an hour to revive Deirdre and save her and baby Calvin, but they were unsuccessful. And Isaac told everyone an autopsy showed that Deirdre had died from a blood clot, probably stemming from her injury overseas in Iraq. And I was like, what? How could she have a blood clot? Why? How? Like, that doesn't make sense. You know, like, this was like a young, healthy woman. Following Deirdre's death, Isaac reached out to Louisa even more than before. I was just trying to be supportive. Like, I don't know what to do or say, but if he wants to talk, of course I'll be here to talk and listen. Can't begin to imagine what he's going through. Isaac started telling Louisa that he really wanted her to come visit him down in Georgia. He told her he'd buy the plane ticket and everything. All she had to do was fly down and hang out. I was on the verge. I really, I almost went, but I had just met and started dating somebody else. And I was falling really hard for him and I didn't want to screw anything up. And I was like, of course, (laughs) like if I just started dating someone and they were like, Hey, I'm going to fly across the country to go hang out with like pretty much an ex who just lost their spouse. I would be like, I'm uncomfortable with that. I would be uncomfortable too. So I didn't go, but I did really want to. So Louisa told Isaac that she didn't feel comfortable visiting him, but Isaac went ahead and bought her a plane ticket anyway. Because you see, money was no object for Isaac at this point. And that's because two days after Deirdre died, he filed for death benefits. And within a few days, he'd received $100,000 from the army to cover expenses, such as funeral costs. And because Deirdre had a life insurance policy worth $400,000, Isaac received that money as well. And following Deirdre's death, Isaac became very disenchanted with the military. He came up with the perfect way to spend the $500,000 insurance payout. 
fund a militia that could overtake the military he now hated. A plan that would leave more than one person dead. So, that's exactly what Isaac Agigi did. And we'll get into all of that and more in part two. Well, a huge thank you to Louisa for being our first degree for this episode. She will be with us again next week. If you are out there and you have a story to tell, please email us hello at the first degree podcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram, join our Facebook group, make sure to join our Patreon. We have so much bonus content that you will love on there and stick around tomorrow because we're going to have a brand new killing time right in your feed. And remember, only you can prevent serial killers and keep your friends close. But not that close. <laughs> Writing by Haley Gray. Sources for this episode are The New Yorker, CBS News, Star Tribune, Associated Press, LA Times, WTOC, Pacific Daily News, The Guardian, Times Tribune, St. Louis Post-Ditch-Batch, Atlanta Constitution, as always, our first three guests, as always, our largest source. And shout out to Jared Monaco for scoring original music for the first degree and Caitlin Cleveland for your amazing producing skills. I was shocked, you know? They were always such a good team. So successful. But to do something like that? To exceed their budget? While being over budget might not be a crime, it can disrupt workflows. With Monday.com, you and the team can be sure that you're all in sync. All the data, latest updates, files, and budgets are visible to everyone, so you won't miss a thing. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.